0: Hey Muse, when I say passion project that you've been putting off but you know that you are super lit up by but you just can't seem to find the time, the resources, the energy, the motivation, or what have you, what do you think about what art project, business idea, new habit, or lifestyle change you've been dreaming of comes to mind? follow-up question (laughs) what opportunities money confidence connections dreams travel opportunities are you currently saying no to because you are procrastinating on this project see i know exactly how you feel this is why i'm super passionate about creativity bringing your ideas to life and giving my community the platform and the safe space and the knowledge and embodied wisdom and tips and tricks to do so. And it's also why I'm opening the doors to my signature five day program, Own Muse War Art Thou. Uh, it is currently May 24th and they are opening on the 26th. This is a five day program that I have filled to the brim with love, good vibes, transformational energy, tools, tricks, wisdom, hacks, mind psychology. <laughs> All the things that you need to get your energy, your soul, your mind, your spirit on the path of highest abundance, of highest creativity. Together, we will learn creative psychology and creative theory. We will meditate, journal, and circle up virtually for group coaching. Every participant also gets the option to schedule one-on-one time with me to discuss ideas, limiting beliefs, patterns, and marketing for their new ideas. I want to hear them and I want to help you. Also, you receive a hypnotic track that I created. Oh yeah, this is the part that I am the most excited about. Second to the group coaching because there's nothing like the energy of getting together and manifesting our creative ideas together. Doors open in two days. So what now? You can grab your free creative ritual checklist from the link in the show notes. So I have created a creative ritual checklist, a little checklist that you can print out or you can have on your phone, your iPad, your computer, that gives you a checklist of how I get into a ritual to make my creative projects, to make them successful, to make them in alignment, to make them juiced up and just exciting, and to carry out the energy to complete them. So stay tuned up for updates. Now on to the episode. Hey muses. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. A podcast where we like to dig deep. Um, it's not just about art, it's not just about business, it's not just about creative output. It's really about breaking karmic ties. <laughs> it's really about being your full expression. It's really about seeing multiple areas in your life level up at the same time. It's really about moving through the shadows. It's really about having a community who has your back. It's really about stepping into your better self, not for the purpose of clout chasing or for the purpose of having the shiniest new thing, but for the purpose of of being and creating a ripple effect and doing what it is that we love to do, that we came here to do, and to really sit in our rocking chairs at the end of our lives and say, yep, I am really proud that I did that. Ooh, take a deep breath because we really just uncovered a lot there. Um, but it's a journey. It will always be a journey, I think, by definition. It's a journey. It will never be perfect. Um, but just as long as you're clicked in, you're clicked into the, you know, you put your roller skates on, you're on the roller coaster, you're buckled into the car, however you like to see it, and then you stay on through all the ups and downs, you you really will see the the fruits of your success. You really will see a quieting of the mind. Um, the the quieting of the mind allows us to have fruit, fruitful success. Uh, you, you really will see that just as long as you stay clipped in and you remember any time in the past that you got what you wanted because you put in the work and you saw something go from your imagination to real life. I mean, that's creativity, right? Like we are Sorry, Jazz is sniffing up on me. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> um, That's fine. My dogs can podcast with me. <sighs> anyway, that is what art is, right? Taking things from creativity, from the, creating things from the imagination and bringing them into reality. People also call that manifestation. Uh, I like to call it creativity. I like to call it art because that's what we are. We are all artists of our lives. Whether you are having an output for your work, you know, you're an artist, you're a yogi, you're a fitness instructor, you are a teacher of sorts, a coach, a leader in this new world, Um, whatever that is for you, you are an artist and you're doing that for financial purposes, but also you're doing this for yourself and for your immediate community, not just the people who pay you. So there's that. Um I'd like to move the topic of conversation between you and me um to something that has been heavy on my mind for over 10 years now. And I've gotten a couple questions about it and I've been kind of moving through it on Instagram. I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with expressing it. And so now I just kind of want to go out in the open and talk about uh deity worship. Um I'm sure most of you are not super shocked by it or maybe you have some familiarity or maybe you really have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Um, But I just like to kind of come clean and talk about my experience with Aphrodite and what Aphrodite's likeness symbolizes to me. Why is there so much Aphrodite in my branding and how it's not just a branding thing. It really is a lifestyle thing and it started when I was 16 years old. So the concept of deity worship is... It's the same as, as God worship. The words deity and God are interchangeable. Um, deity can also just mean figure or, uh, you know, a figure that you worship that you, you, you face, <laughs> you know, um, and it's been practiced forever. I'm sure you've heard lots of stories and tales of people, um, worshiping gods for different reasons. Hinduism is a really good example of that. They have many different gods, um, Greek mythology, they had obviously so many different gods. And then we moved as a as a European society, at least not all of society, but European society moved into Catholicism and monotheism. monotheism um, and I believe that that made a ripple with um, Puritanism and religious, I'm not thinking of the right words here. Um, the religious movement that spanned from Europe into the U S now was we're refer- very familiar with is monotheism. Um, and lots of pagans still continued their deity worship. So modern days, if you were to Google deity worship, witchcraft or deity worship spirituality, you would find that modern days, lots of people currently still worship multiple deities. It's very common. Um, so what I'm about to get into now with my deity work with Aphrodite, for the longest time, I thought that I was just crazy. (laughs) I thought that I was just like obsessed or what have you, Um, or just, I don't know, quirky. Um, Then that was just kind of an unconscious belief that I just had in my mind. And it wasn't until now that I'm doing work in witchcraft, I'm doing work um, with spirituality, and I'm really actually kind of really actually kind of that's an oxymoron. I am owning it and I am embodying it and I am saying it with my words. Um for the longest time it was just something that I kind of kept a secret. But now, especially with the invention of TikTok, <laughs> um I'm seeing more and more people just being open about their 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 pagan practices and their pagan beliefs. Um and pagan the way that I use it in this context is defined as not um not believing in one god and like the 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 kind of mainstream christian beliefs anything that is outside of that is considered pagan um so i think witchcraft is mostly associated with with paganism so um yeah i mean apparently it's common i i just didn't know that i i googled like deity worship, because I think somewhere on Instagram, I got open to the idea that there are other people like me who are not monotheistic. <laughs> um, now, I mean, of course, we know that uh, other cultures such as um, like African cultures, Asian cultures, they have just been doing this for so long. And I don't think they really ever gave up. They gave it up. But one of my karmic lessons here on this earth that i know i'm having is to unclench from what's the word puritanistic ideals um unclench from from i'm trying to think of the words are are failing me but you know what i mean um just unclench is the word unclench and just rebuild a new foundation and allow things to be different. Um, as some of you might know, my background is, um, Mormonism. My family is Mormon and I think they've been Mormon for, for quite a few generations. I did some ancestral study. Um, I, I've been doing it actually since I was a kid cause it's a huge tenet of Mormonism is to study your ancestry. And I also did some in pre- preparation for this podcast and we are just Mormon as far as I could find. I could not find a lot of, um, I could not find a lot of ancestors of mine who were not converted or who I just couldn't find where that conversion was. I really do believe that I actually did blood ancestry, my DNA. And what I found was my ancestors traveled from Europe to New York area. Mormonism was founded in New York. For those of you who didn't know, um, it was founded by Joseph Smith in New York, the state of New York and then it was not safe for new for mormons to be in new york so they pilgrimaged across the u.s and that's where a lot of the oregon trail comes from is like that pilgrimage from across the u.s it, um they they just got their carriages and their their um cows <laughs> and their family and they traveled across the u.s to what is now utah zion i mean that's why there's lots of mormons in utah for those of you didn't know fun fact so my work in this planet on this day has been to look at everything that my ancestors have done they died of dysentery you know their children froze to death so that they could be mormon um you know they they were persecuted for being mormon in new york that's that's historical fact mormons were being killed tarred and feathered in fact um for being Mormon, for their beliefs, for, for stepping outside of Christianity, because for those of you who aren't familiar, Mormonism saw Christianity. That's like the whole point of Mormonism is they saw Christianity. They saw Catholicism. They saw what we know of other Christian uh, religions. They saw it and they said, mm, nah, there's something else. That's what Mormonism was founded on. The, that whole belief, Joseph Smith saw God in a pillar of light. And he said, oh shoot, there's something else out there. And, okay, so I'm taking all that work that my ancestors did. They escaped Catholicism. uh, They they fled persecution. They did the Oregon Trail. Like I said, they died of dysentery. Ended up in modern-day Zion, Utah. Um, I believe Zion means the promised land or safe land. uh, Sanctuary is what Zion means. Um, So... um, my work in this world is to take all that, understand it, study it, which I have been doing as a Mormon my entire life. I went to Bible study. I went to Book of Mormon study. I was actually at one point, um, the young women's president for, for Mormon, uh, young women's school, what's the word for, for Sunday school. Um, so I've studied this kind of stuff for a really long time growing up. I mean, mostly against my will, because that's kind of like what you have to do when you're a kid is you go to church cuz your parents make you. <laughs> but no, really, like I did put a lot of time into understanding this. So my work now is to take all that, understand it and do something else. <laughs> do something different. Um to to unclench from the the old um the old ways to to lean into something new and something more, something something more. I just it's not that I really want to you know, poo poo on Mormonism, although there's a lot of it that I disagree with, which is why I'm not Mormon anymore, um, and and to lean into it. So I want to give you guys the timeline of my work with Aphrodite, what it looks like, and maybe how you guys can start uh deity worship as well if you'd like. I will also preface this by saying that I am not an expert at all. I have first hand experience and this is my first time even talking about it outside of Google searches, um, and one-on-ones with, um, actually with Selena, um, who I interviewed the lustful witch. I talked to her about it. And I talked about it in my last podcast, how I've been seeing Aphrodite for a really long time. Um, so we go back to, um, I was 16 years old. It all started from my memory. I mean, my belief is that it's, it was there before, uh, Aphrodite as a deity has been working with me before this, but I didn't really become conscious of it until I was 16 years old. Um, the important details in this, in this, um, story is to note what was going on in my life around the time that Aphrodite appeared to me and what res- came as a result of me working with her. So those are the important things that I'm going to mention. So I was 16 years old. I was in a relationship that was very much for show, for codependency, for this desire to be loved, to be seen and to be accepted. At the 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 anchor of it, like the the belly of it, the the underside of it was not what it really was now that I know what real true love is. And that's what Aphrodite wants for us. Aphrodite wants us to to be loved. Aphrodite wants us to love. Aphrodite wants us to be seen. Aphrodite wants us to be heard. Aphrodite wants us to give and to receive, um, along, among other things, which I'll get into. But, um, I was in this relationship. I had these friends that were not my real friends. I think maybe, maybe you can relate to this. Um, but my friends were not, my real friends they talked about me behind my back a lot they did not want to see me succeed they did not um really applaud me they did not see me they did not understand me they did not they did not give me what I know now now know that I'm worthy of when it comes to a friendship um but they were somebody who I could sit at a lunch table with and I think that that is just one of those crucial lessons that you learn in middle school and high school is just who how does it feel to be around people who are not your people so that later on you can say, ah, yes, these are my people. So that was what my life looked like at the time. Now, knowing what joy and contentment and flow and bliss and acceptance feel like now at the time, then I didn't really know it at the time. Actually, no, I, I did know it, but I didn't really, really know it. Um, no, I've scratched that. I knew I just didn't know what to do about it. I had accepted that this was my lot in life for now, um, and that I was holding out for something better. Uh, you know, maybe when I got to college, I thought, okay, then I can pick my friends, or then I can get away from here, or I can choose which school I go to, but for now, I'm kind of stuck. So um, there's also a lot of, I was really into, I mean, this is common for all teenagers, so I'm by no means saying, like, I'm special or different here, but I was really into personal grooming. I was really into beauty, fashion brushing my hair perfume you know all the things with the goal of being loved accepted and seen in this like okay so just as a kind of side note here the goddess Aphrodite wants you to be seen loved and accepted she for those of you who may be familiar with glam glamour magic that's the point it's casting intentions and spells for you to be loved and seen and magnetic that's what Aphrodite wants for you So, um, I think you as a educated, intelligent, emotionally aware listener, you know what I mean when I'm saying, you know, you're dressing up, you're putting on makeup, you're putting on perfume for the wrong reasons. And only, you know what the wrong reasons are. Now I still do all those same things, but I feel like my reasoning is just so different. Like I'm, I'm very much a parallel person to who I was when I was 16 I mean, we're not too different, but just our reasonings for doing things and the result we get are so different. So um, I actually was called last minute when I was 16 years old. It was actually Halloween. Uh, I don't know if the, I don't remember the year, but it was Halloween. I was 16 years old. I was hanging out with my friends after school and we were like, gonna go home and do nothing. And I already knew at that point that we were going to go home and do nothing. We didn't really have any like sexy, cool Halloween plans. And we were feeling bad about it. We were feeling like oh, we, you know, we suck for that. Or we, oh, actually scratch that. I was 15 because if it was Halloween, I had not turned 16 yet. Okay. So I was 15. Okay. 15. I was 15 years old. About to turn 16. Um, And my friends and I were getting ready to go home and just kind of like, I don't know, eat snacks, watch TV. But I knew deep down in my heart of hearts that I didn't want to do that. Because these were not people who I felt comfortable and safe just shooting the shit with. Shooting the breeze, you know. Um, you 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 wear your pajamas and watch TV and eat snacks with people who love you and accept you and want what's best for you. And who you can let your guard down with. Um, there's nothing wrong with hanging out with people who don't necessarily, you know, worship you. <laughs> but having an understanding that there's a guard up when you're around those people. Like if you're at work or you're networking. Um, I think that's really, really important. So, 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 so when I was, um, when we were hanging out, I knew deep down that I didn't really actually want to do that. I didn't want to go home. And I get this call from my sister and she says, Hey, someone just dropped out of the school play and the director wants you. So you need to get down here quickly. And I was thinking, looking at my friends, knowing, 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 knowing that if I tell my friends like, Hey, I can't hang out tonight, um, I gotta go do this play, they would kill me. Oh, they would be so mad at me. I mean, maybe you've had friends like that before, so hopefully you kind of know what I'm talking about, but, um, maybe you've, you've had friends like that who just, or a relationship where they were just really dependent on you. They were really, um, really like they didn't want you to leave they didn't want you to get away from them they didn't want you to to do something that made them feel bad about themselves because they needed to be needed by you and that's how this friendship was so I tell them hey uh actually first I tell my sister first (laughs) I tell my sister um oh no I'm sorry I can't have plans and she was like no you don't I know you don't have plans you told me that you don't have plans and I was like Um, you know, this is just like, I had a choice to make. I mean, shoot, (laughs) I had a choice. Um, it was either let down and disappoint my friends or pursue this mysterious opportunity. And also keep in mind that I was taking acting classes at the time. I was taking theater and improv classes. I loved acting. I loved being in plays. Like who doesn't want to be in a play? It was fun. Um, and it was with my sister, so it was like with somebody who I already knew so i I accepted it. I was like, "All right, okay, bye and of course, my friends were mad um but what could I do? I went, I followed my dreams, and I get down there and the play is metamorphosis um metamorphosis with an e, so not the Franz Kafka metamorphosis that many people think. It's Metamorphosis, which is a series of Greek plays kind of uh, strung together. And the director wanted me to play Aphrodite. The original Aphrodite dropped out for, I don't know, reasons, school, whatever. And they wanted me to play Aphrodite. And I remember my first thought was like, oh no, 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 no. And I started thinking of all these other people who would be better at Aphrodite. I don't know reasons, like whatever. I just was scared. But I was told to be, I had to be Aphrodite. And I actually don't really remember the plot or like any of my lines that was over 10 years ago. Um, but I remember having a hard time asking the acting director a lot for a lot of help with being Aphrodite. I felt like this was just such a clumsy thing for me. I just didn't feel graceful or sexy or sensual or or strong. So Aphrodite, her character, of course, she's the goddess of love. So she's sexy and voluptuous and attractive and blah, blah, blah. She was known in Greek mythology as like the most beautiful woman in the land. And to me, I was like, oh, I'm not the most beautiful woman in the land. Like, how can you even characterize that? Um, And uh, it was just wild. I mean, anyway. but also she was known for being very strong, very fierce and having quite a temper. Um, so she wasn't this like perfect goddess that is just like all knowing and all loving. Like how many people would see, um, the Christian God, for example, to be, um, but she, she's imperfect, but she is in control. She, she has control over love, fertility, some say creativity. That's definitely my angle. Cause I think that love and fertility come together, make creativity, um, to create something, to be fertile, to have love for it. Um, apparently according to my research, she was also the goddess of war, not the goddess of war, but, um, that's what I found. I know that there, there are, I think Athena is the goddess of war, but according to my research here, uh, Aphrodite was the goddess of war. So, (laughs) um, anyway, so, I'm I'm not super knowledgeable on these topics. I'm just I'm just knowledgeable on, on myself, and I'm actually currently in the process of getting more knowledgeable about these pro, pro, these, because if I'm going to be doing deity worship, I should be knowing what I'm talking about. Um, but we're not there yet. I'm 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 coming clean. I'm not perfect, and I'm not super super knowledgeable. So, um, but I I will say I've always been intrigued. So. I just remember that was like my first firsthand experience with Aphrodite. Um was this was this this play. And it wasn't until after the play, and the show went on, that I realized, oh my god, I am worthy of so much more than I than I have. Okay, so what really was the aha moment was uh I remember there was the play. So we had the play, we put on the play. And two things happened that really just uh first of all, I started getting bullied <laughs> after this. I was getting like teased and giggled and like people point at me and like laugh at me and I saw it happening while I was on stage. Um, because the the crowd was fairly close. It wasn't like a huge arena or anything. Like you could see the crowd pretty easily. And I remember when I was being my Aphrodite, being Aphrodite in my little tunic um, with my, I think I had golden leaves in my hair um, and I had red lipstick, just owning my shit. I remember looking out in the crowd and this group of girls were pointing at me and laughing and there wasn't really anyone else that could have been pointing at because at that time there wasn't anyone else around me. And I remember seeing my two best friends, the ones that we've been talking about, out in the crowd. Uh, And they were looking at me, and they were, like, whispering. And they never cracked a smile. I never saw them clap. And at the end of the play... um, complete strangers would come up to me and say, Oh my God, you did such a good job. You definitely express, like, I felt like you were actually Aphrodite. You did such an amazing job. You really brought your strength. And the director just had so many nice things to say about me. He said, it was a shame that we were moving. Cause we were actually moving at the end of that school year. He said, it's a shame because I'd like to see you in more. Um, and that of course felt really good, man. My self esteem was pretty low at that time. I think most of us, I mean, 15 years old is pretty rough for a lot of us. Um, I just felt like a weird kid my whole life. I just felt like I was never doing anything right. I felt like I was always trying to copy what somebody else was doing. Um, I just felt like everything that wasn't me was cool. Like, that was how I felt my whole life. And when I was playing Aphrodite, man, like, I swear I felt like I just didn't care. Um, There's been times in my life where I felt like, like, if I were on stage acting, that would, like, seeing somebody making fun of me or seeing my best friends, like, you know, straight dead face, like not clapping would have ruined me. Like I would have gotten all up in my head. I would have like run to the back and told the, um, told the director that I can't do this anymore. Um, man, it would have absolutely ruined me. But for some reason when I was playing Aphrodite, like I just didn't care. I really felt like I took on something. I really felt like I, I took on something that was not me. And the truth is, I mean, the whole essence of my work is to say, because I've, I've heard clients say that they're like, Oh man, I just like embodied this other version of me. That wasn't even me. Like who was that? I did that. You know, when they do something scary, like go live on Facebook or like start their business or ask for more in their relationship, ask for raises. When my clients do these big things, I hear them say that they're like, you know, that's just so, that just totally wasn't me. And <laughs> I I know I know what that feels like. And what I tell them is, but it but it was you. <laughs> what are you talking about? It literally was you. You didn't get a stunt double. Like that was you. And I know based off of my experience with um deity worship with Aphrodite is feeling like it's not you. I, I know how that feels. Um but the fact of the matter is, something that Aphrodite wants you to know is that if you ever feel this way, it was you. Unless you faked something, or you falsified something, or you stole somebody else's work, you know, with bad intention, then it wasn't you. But the fact of the matter is, is that it probably was you. That's That's something that I feel like I should make very clear. That's something that Aphrodite taught me. So, I come out of this play. People are complimenting me, throwing roses at me. Just kidding. Not really, but kind of, it felt like that. (laughs) Um, and my friends are like, anyway, and they don't say anything. They don't congratulate me. They don't ask me any questions. Like, isn't, isn't that a little bit weird? Like, right. Isn't it a little bit weird to just do something so huge that felt so enormous? Oh, also mind you friends, uh, you remember how I said that I was called in to do this on Halloween The play was, like, at the beginning of December. So I had a month to get this together. I... I brought that Aphrodite on very quickly. I... I channeled her, like, overnight, practically. That was, like, something that I was really proud of in my high school career, was to to take on this role that was so out of my comfort zone so quickly. So... um. I had to, like, learn the blocking and learn the lines and learn the delivery. And, whew. I mean, that experience really gave me this confidence that I I needed. So imagine going through all that and your friends, like, not saying anything about it. Like, these are your friends. Um, And if that had happened to me before, before Aphrodite, B.A., I would have internalized it and been like, oh, I must have done something wrong. I must have hurt their feelings. I must have said something bad. I must have, I must have done, I, I, I must have done something wrong. But the fact of the matter is after this play, after taking on Aphrodite's energy, after asking for, for guidance and studying her and learning how to be like her, um, at the time we actually had to do some study on Greek mythology to kind of get more deeper understanding of our characters. So I did a lot of study on her at that time. Um, and I've forgotten it over year, the years and then now I'm remembering it again. But at the time I feel like I had a very clear understanding of her as a character and what her part in, you know, Mount Olympus was. and, um, (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm sorry. I'm just, it's just uh, a cathartic release to kind of tell this story. (laughs) Um, so anyway, 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 um, after channeling Aphrodite's likeness, I really, really, really saw (gasps) I don't know if you heard that my dog teleport like hacked he coughed my dogs like to hang out with me when I podcast because I'm like sitting still and calm and I'm just like talking and I think they just like want to be want to be near me anyway I'm getting off subject Uh, one one of Aphrodite's biggest pieces of work is having people know their worth And know their and to love themselves fiercely. I mean, like, 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 like she will, she will cut someone. She is fierce. She is um, short tempered. She's rageful. Um, I think maybe that's why they called her the goddess of war or where that came from. I don't really actually think she's like the goddess of war because I know that they have a goddess of war. Um, But she's definitely not perfect. Like, this perfect, squishy, soft being you know she she's she has a temper she has anger she expresses herself um and her a, a major part in this play was that she was like she had her 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 arm around somebody's neck i can't remember the entire story man <laughs> she had her arm around somebody's neck and she was strongholding them I mean literally she was fierce as fuck like strong them because they were trying to suppress their their feelings of love she was like oh I'm not in love I'm I you know that's not practical I'm not gonna feel these feelings and Aphrodite was literally like grabbing her and was like no you're gonna feel love you're gonna feel these feelings and so that was something that I had to do was I literally had to like grab her and like wrestle her because she was like no no I'm suppressing my feelings um and aphrodite was like hell no bitch not today amazing i mean amazing so one thing she really wants you to know is to know your worth and to be fully embodied like aphrodite is whole like she's a full figure she's not she doesn't twist or contort herself she doesn't hide she doesn't do anything she she is whole in of herself um and she accepts that, she accepts all parts of her, which is one part of the reasons why I love that she's like particularly shown in art as being naked um because there's just like this sense of wholeness. it's like I don't need anything i i I am and I'm beautiful, and I'm perfect the way I am like she's never uh you know hiding anything or twisting or contorting or or anything like that. She's just like boom, and that's why I think what makes her such a powerful figure for so many people um so anyway. Moving on from that, um, this play just really made me, it really was like a nail in the coffin that I was settling in so many ways. Um, I didn't really drastically change my life, but I knew deep down in my gut that I was settling. Like that was the kind of final straw. Um, my relationship became so much more contentious after that. We started arguing a lot because I just started standing up for myself more. Um, but I was too scared to break up with him because I wanted love. I wanted acceptance hang on pause i don't know if you guys can hear birds in the background but just i'm acknowledging that those are birds and they're chirping we have lots of bird feeders in our backyard so birds be burden okay on pause i remember we just started fighting a lot because like there's just we just (laughs) i i had like i had this this deity i had aphrodite with me um pause if you can hear an airplane that's an airplane it's flying by okay unpause i had aphrodite with me and she was helping me argue with this man but also at the same time she really wanted me to let him go and i wasn't letting her go and i mean these experiences kept being attracted over and over and over again for me to finally break up with him and i never did i just kept wanting to see the good in him and um I I just at the end of the day I want it to be loved because I mean Aphrodite is a goddess of love so she wants you to know like yes you're worthy of love you're worthy of all the things that you want in that arena but you're also settling and you're playing small in certain ways so I um eventually a terrible unfortunate scenario occurred that finally we broke up and it was messy and weird and ugly but thank goodness that that was over um. Anyway, <laughs> so that was my first introduction. And of course, I was only 16 years old, so I lived my life like a like a a normal kid. I didn't do anything super weird or make any huge drastic changes. Of course, I was no longer friends with those two girls anymore. Um when I moved away, I just saw with so much clarity that they were not meant to be in my life anymore. Maybe at one point to help me learn a lesson, to help me learn friendship, to help me learn uh, you know, being friends with somebody who you don't necessarily entirely agree with. I think that's like actually a skill that I have from these experiences of settling and not knowing my worth for so long. The positive lesson I learned from that is how do you get along with people who you disagree with or people who you know at the end of the day are not perfectly right for you? Um, how do you just still keep the peace and learn from them? But you don't need to like be their besties. You don't need to let them in your energetic field. How do you how do you learn from them? Um, and I think that's something that I definitely learned. And now in this day and age, I feel like I run into people who didn't learn that lesson. They had people around them who are constantly agreeing with them, who never challenged them, who never, who never made them learn anything. Um, and they have a different set of problems than I do. So let's just put it that way. Um, So then I moved on and the essence of Aphrodite was always very attractive to me. It always pulled me in, uh, throughout college. I would like, I bought a sweatshirt with Aphrodite on it. I had like little Aphrodite figurines. Like I was always attracted to the idea of Aphrodite. Um, and one time in college I was, I think I was 20 at this point. Um, I wanted a new Instagram name. I think at that point I was like Katie Skinner. That was my Instagram name. But one day this idea came to me that was like "Ooh, be funky aphrodite so that's where funky aphrodite comes from i just came up with it in college and for some reason i felt like it just so exp- expressed me it was just so divinely me that since then i cannot tell you how many people were like what is that what is that like who are you what what is going on there like uh i've actually had a couple of like social media coaches or like marketing experts or people who recommend that I change it because it doesn't quote unquote make sense. It doesn't make me relatable. And I've, I've fallen for it. I mean, for those of you who may have followed, followed me, I've changed my Instagram name a billion times. I mean, I was funky Aphrodite and then I was Katie Skinner. And then I was, I am my own muse. And then I was like becoming your own muse. And then I was like, uh, I don't know what I was. I've, I've changed it so many times that like that message that Instagram gives you where they're like, you you've changed your name too recently you have to wait 14 more days to change it until finally i just said stop fucking around stop trying to be all these other people just be who you want to be and whatever whatever makes you feel like activated and like your highest self your 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 muse as i like to call it because i believe that calling yourself your highest self in my framework there's definitely different schools of thought but in my framework calling yourself um your higher self, I think is limiting. There's more to the picture. So when I talk about the muse, that's, there's like a whole balance effect of it, whatever. I talk about it in one of my courses. Anyway, uh, I talk about it in all of my work basically, but the muse is more than the higher self. The muse is, uh, it's a balance between different portions of yourself. So I'm not saying it's necessarily bigger or better than your higher self, but I'm getting into theory here. Let's move on. So, um, I always felt a an attraction and a likeness to Aphrodite. And I went through a lot of traumatic events in college, just a lot of things that called me to question my own Aphrodite, my own self-love. I repeated the lessons that I mentioned to you with my friend and my, my friends when I was 15 and my boyfriend when I was 15. Um, I repeated a lot of lessons in that arena, like just over and over and over again. Um, And one thing that Aphrodite wants you to do is she wants you to learn a lesson once, maybe twice, maybe three times, and then, like, break that chain. That's what she wants. She wants you to love yourself and to replace stories with unconditional love. And, oh, Jess is growling. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. I was worried they would start barking, but no good good dogs okay so um fast forward into my time coaching I felt secretly in my head like that that energy was still with me but I just called it like feminism or female empowerment or whatever and I didn't realize how specifically it was that the likeness of Aphrodite was pursuing me the lessons that I learned from that time that I channeled her um were following me and um and one by one, the more that I lean into that, that specialized, specific, those specific lessons I learned, specific to me, instead of just kind of painting it with this broad brush and calling it like, oh, feminine empowerment, uh, but specifically me, the, the more I felt like my life improved and the more I saw Aphrodite more and more and more and more. Um, and it wasn't until this past fall, where I was in a group coaching container called Uncover uh, by Dr. Kimberly Rose Pendleton. I definitely recommend your work if your her work if she's interest if you're interested <laughs> if you are interested in. Uh, you know, replacing stress and struggle and hustle with pleasure and ease and um, you know, seeing things in a very different way her her work very much parallels mine, that she's very interested in um, replacing like the Catholic schoolgirl who can't do anything with like the full embodied millionaire woman who's in her pleasure and lives her best life uh, I also recommend Sheila Ramsey I've worked with Sheila Ramsey myself so there's just a, sh- a couple shout outs to some ladies who are really doing this work um, any Um, I believe my work I sp- focus specifically on creativity rather than simply pleasure. So that's like kind of where our paths, um, diverge. Not that that one negates the other, but just different schools of thought, different branches on the same tree. Anywho, um, it wasn't until I was in Dr. Kimberly Rose's program, Uncover, where. I felt just so femininely activated that I realized I was repressing this deity. I was realizing that I was repressing, um, Aphrodite and I was telling her to go away. And I also was working with a psychic at this time who was helping me, uh, her, her goal is to, you know, own your Oracle. That's her, that's her mojo. That's her lesson. That's her thing, uh, is to activate psychic gifts in others as opposed to, you know, just doing readings for people or telling them, will they ever find love or whatever she wants to activate that in other people. And so I was working with her and I myself was feeling very psychically activated. Um, and I started seeing visions of Aphrodite. Like I saw, um, and she would show up in different, uh, costumes or outfits or places to kind of get my attention. Um, and they were just so whoa. I mean, (laughs) I feel like some of them, I need to work up the courage. There's some of them were just very personal to kind of these really deeply personal things that I was going through at the time. Um, But one thing that she, one that I'll tell you guys about was that she showed up in a dominatrix costume (laughs) and I'm laughing. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's silly because I've never said it out loud before. She showed up in a dominatrix costume and to me in a vision, um, because earlier that day I actually said like, "Oh, I'm so in my pleasure, like I'm so happy, I'm so, this is so pleasing." My cup of coffee, you know, I was romanticizing my morning breakfast. I was romanticizing my cup of coffee, as you should. You should be doing those things. But later that day, um, Aphrodite actually presented herself to me, and it was clear as day. I'm telling you, it was not just like a. You'll know the difference um, if you feel like something appears to you versus you thinking of something. That's when you've been psychically activated. That's when your, your third eye is open. That's when you're seeing something. Something is being presented to you rather than you just being like, mm, I'm going to think about Aphrodite. Uh, I typically don't think about Aphrodite, but she definitely comes to me. Um, so it's not like I'm like, hmm, I'm going to think of Aphrodite. What's she doing today? It's like, I'll be kind of minding my business and she'll be like, hey, yo, <laughs> I got a message for you. Um, she showed up to me in a dominatrix outfit and she said, you have no idea what pleasure is. You have no clue. Like you, you think you you haven't even touched the surface of what's next for you. There's pleasure and there's pain and just, you're going to go through so much very soon and you need to be prepared to see it all as pleasure. Um, So I think that's like where the dominatrix costume came from was um, kind of her way of saying like, you're going to get a spanking from the world i mean things are gonna hurt you're gonna go through some stuff that's really gonna challenge you and you need to see everything as pleasure you need to open up your threshold to receive period you can't flinch from pain and then just be like oh i want pleasure you know you have to see it all as one and that's what she told me and i was like oh dude um also not to mention i think i failed to mention um the message of Be Your Own Muse, I I feel like I've said this like a billion times, but it's worth re- reinventing. It came to me incredibly loudly when i was getting started on my coaching journey i was constantly looking outside of myself for inspiration all the time i constantly was trying to like embody other people i was kind of like how can i be more like this coach or this teacher and ooh, i love her work and you know what have you and very clear loud as day the solution to my problems was be your own muse and at the time i was like i really don't know what that means and what message i received in response that was well, you better figure it out. (laughs) You better go live your life. You better talk to people, keep coaching, keep dreaming, keep dancing, keep painting, keep writing, keep talking, keep going. And I am, I am, this is what I've been told. I am the vessel for the message be your own muse what does it mean to embody aphrodite's essence what does it mean to carry out and live the values of aphrodite and i by no means think like i have this perfected but i have had these like serious life lessons that have caused me to pause and and think about this um despite the fact of my mormon roots and despite the fact of uh you know what i've been socially conditioned to do time and time again like aphrodite has presented herself to me um, in various different forms when I've been at my darkest and my lowest, um, and has delivered to me some type of message. Uh, there's so many other examples of other than just the dominatrix one, but, um, maybe I'll, will sprinkle them throughout the podcast. Uh, but I mean, wow. <laughs> so how did I, how do you get into deity worship? You can worship as many deities as you want. Currently, I only work with one, but I know other witches and um spiritual folk who work with many um so how I currently work with Aphrodite is i offer is, is she requests offerings in exchange for guidance and protection and help. I know for a fact that I'm very, very protected against certain uh people, certain things, certain mindsets, certain incidences. Um, as long as I prove over and over again that I've learned my lesson, I am protected. Um, so there's been times in my life where I'm looking at social media, mostly where people are kind of talking about a problem they're having on social media, mostly relationship and love problems. Um, and they're talking about like, oh, isn't it crazy that blah, blah, blah. And men are trash. And like females are so this, like just kind of people having this discourse on relationships. And I feel so deeply in my body that I'm, I'm protected from that. And a lot of that is because of my work with Aphrodite. Um, I feel very shy currently talking about relationships because I just, I I feel shy. But the fact of the matter is, is I've learned so much. Also, Aphrodite has taught me so much. So Aphrodite requests, most deities as well, most deities request offerings um, that can involve you just living their mission and their lesson. Um, how can I do what Aphrodite would do? So there's been lots of times where I'll wake up and I will feel I'll hear in my, I'll hear in my, my, my mind, uh, Aphrodite say, Hey, today you need to, you need to talk about this. You need to make a post that says this, you need to ask this person for this or giving me kind of like practical advice. And I will be like, God damn it, Aphrodite, like what the fuck? (sighs) Okay, fine and I will and it typically in the past year in, in covid times cuz I'm not really like going places or doing anything <laughs> it'll typically involve social media posts or texts or emails and it's really scary or signing up for programs or r- our hosting programs i know um own muse were art thou that was definitely co-created with with Aphrodite for sure for sure um yeah yep 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 i'm just like sitting in the heaviness like wow <laughs> definitely Um, because the, the message behind own muse, where art thou really is behind Aphrodite's work. It really is like, how can you be your own muse? How can you stop worshiping others, but rather work in co-creation with them and, and give that love to yourself. So that's the message behind own muse, where art thou? And in exchange, you will receive so much blessings, so much love, just a lot. Um, a lot of financial abundance, Um, as long as you assert your worth, assert that you are worthy of talking about what you want to talk about and creating what you want to create and healing and moving on from what you want to heal and move on from. I mean, I can tell you like, there's certain, uh, things that have happened to me in the past that when I think about them. I do not feel anything. I do not feel upset. I don't feel activated in any way that when the time comes and they're going to happen again. So this is particularly relevant with like client relationships, friendship relationships. I do not go down that rabbit hole because I feel like I've just cleaned and that, that karmic lesson. And I know that my deity work with Aphrodite has really been a big part of that. So uh, part of the offerings that Aphrodite likes for me, my biggest one is just living in her, her essence and doing what she tells me to, um, for the most part. But, um, I also currently have a working altar for her. Um, it has art. There's always flowers on it. There's a, uh graphic art of her that I have on there. Maybe some of you have seen it like in my pictures or something. Um, there's crystals. Um, I'll put candles or incense there. And something that I've heard people say is like, they'll leave chocolate there, um, or champagne. <laughs> so that's something that I'll think about when I move to our, Evan and I are getting ready to move. So when we get to our new house, I'll do that. But for now, I'm not going to do that right now. Um, but you don't have to do offerings like that if you don't want to. Um, but it's just something that you might feel called to do. Um, but in return, you will feel, you will, you will receive guidance. Like for the energetic return, you will receive deeper, deeper guidance, um, and anything, I mean, at the bottom line here is like anything that you feel afraid, but also curious, but also lit up and activated and interested of, of, by, with, for, that, that's your path, baby. Like if something scares you, but also draws you in, in some type of way, that is like, that is, that is your inner Aphrodite begging to be seen. So there's so many other deities other than just Aphrodite, um, um, I would recommend that you do your research. Literally, like, think of a a figure that resonates with you. Think of a figure that's been popping up at you a lot. And, um, Google, like, I don't know, Athena deity worship or Hermes deity worship. I've heard of people who work with Hades. Um, and for, for the record, I don't know a ton about Hades deity worship. I don't even know if worship's the right word, but, um... I've heard of people who've worked with with Hades or, you know, these other quote-unquote dark figures or um, dark spirits or whatever. Anything that is associated with, like, death or darkness. Uh, and I just want to kind of pass on to you what I've been told and what resonates with me is don't think of it as worship, but think of it as, like, an under a mutual understanding and a mutual creation. I've heard of people who've talked to the devil in my research. I have never talked to the devil myself. Um, But I've heard of people who've spoken to the devil or spoken to demons or what have you. And it's not this like worship or this like, you know, whatever. It's like this kind of mutual understanding. Uh, I'm thinking of the devil card in tarot. If you pull the devil card in tarot, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh my God, you're the devil. But it means like you're holding on to a guilt or you're blaming the devil for something that you you could change within yourself. So I just want to say that as like a disclaimer that... If you feel called to work with certain polarizing deities, don't be afraid of that. But definitely do your research. Um, One thing I'm looking forward to is seeing more people talk about this. More people try this. And I know there's lots of people, but it's been... It's taken me until now to get into it. So um, I just really... the, The main message here is really like... I don't want you guys to worship false idols. I don't want you to worship people who just don't give a shit about you who are not helping you who are not in your ear in your soul in your spirit i don't want you to to obsess with what other people are doing or feel like you need to constantly be like somebody else i want you to really activate your inner essence um i want you to be yourself i want you to love yourself ferociously i want you to to take care of yourself and and look at both sides of things look at the the sun and the moon side look at the shadow of everything and if you want more information on that i definitely recommend you listen to my episode um with serena that one just blew me away where she talks about the shadow side and she talks about the feral woman and like the 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 woman who lives in all of us who just like is angry and vengeful and like just wants to be seen and acknowledged and taken care of and um or whatever resonates with you. But I really recommend that you guys look into that. Um, and as of course proceed with caution. And really trust yourself. That's my main message. Is trust yourself. If you feel like you're working with deities. It's also so common. So don't think it's just you. It's really common. I mean, you'll Google it and you'll see. Um, I started learning a lot more about it on TikTok. Like I just started kind of falling into the algorithm of other people talking about Aphrodite worship. And I was like, oh my god, that's what this is. So... That's my story. Um, I'm so grateful for the the work that I've co created with this deity, um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I know that my power is within myself, and there's nothing that a foreign body like can take away from me. I mean, I'm saying this because, like, I don't want you to feel fear for for deity worship. That, like, oh, I made them mad, and now they're gonna, you know, I, I believe that they are like loving and understanding, um, and balanced they're not going to like hurt you. Um, but that's my experience. Um, I hope it resonates with you and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So if you are interested in deity worship, I highly recommend you do your research. Highly recommend you get in on that because there's a big wide world out there, my friend. Um, and that's all that I have for you today on Be Your Own Muse. Thank you guys so much for your comments, for your messages that you send in. Please keep them coming. Um, I might start a segment where I read comments that you all leave for me or insights that you have on things that I say. So if you have thoughts, um, on this, uh, please share them. Um, please let me know what you think. And that is all for now, my friends. I cannot wait to hear from you.